Zero Hours, Catherine Mather. Ow! Zero Hours! Hello, this is Zero Hour. I'm Catherine Mather and I interview creatives and other comedians about the horrible jobs that they've had to do to get by. Today I'm joined by comedian, sales director and, dare I say, friend, Mel Byron. Hiya. Yeah. Hello. There we go. <laughs> oh, hello. Sorry, I didn't realise you wanted me to speak at that point. Announce uh, your presence. I guess I have announced my presence to the world. I'm here. And to be honest, I think you're probably the most qualified person that I've spoken to about shit jobs. Having had more shit jobs than most <laughs> is what you're saying, really, isn't it? Yes. I guess given my... Uh, my more advanced age I've had and and coming to comedy and creative things slightly later in life. Yes, I have had quite a lot of bad work experiences on the way. I think that's fair to say. To be fair, that wasn't what I was getting at. I was oh. just saying <laughs> oh, I thought you were just saying I was old. No, okay. No, no, I'm a nice person. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say, because you, you took an hour-long show about bad jobs to Edinburgh Festival. I did, I did. And and so 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 much am I in love with this show. I'm taking it back again this year. Yeah. Um, it's called Karoshi, uh, Q advert. And, yeah, no, uh, do. and, yes, <laughs> yes, do. And it's really, it, was, it came out of my horrible work experiences and just working in companies I mean I work in the publishing industry that's no secret and and just having a really bad time and finally just just jacking the whole thing in and then thinking well what can I do with my horrible work experience how can I help other people because even though yeah I yeah I wanted to do something creative and I wanted to do something entertaining but I still wanted to help people and and so it kind of came together as a as a one-hour show about the iniquities of the workplace that's actually funny and that we can all have a laugh and just you know put our hands over our face and go (laughs) god yes that happened to me too and it's been great fun because the audience comes and chats to me about their experiences well every time I do it somebody (laughs) comes and tells me something and that goes into the bank of horrible experiences and and it's been great so yeah so I have a lot of background knowledge and I've read tons of books on the subject as well just because I wanted to understand more myself I mean obviously I don't use a lot of the book material in the show because that's all terribly serious but it is it's handy to know isn't it it's handy to you know you never know when you want to know a little bit about neuroscience (laughs) or you know psychology or just you know organizational this that and the other so yeah yeah, it's 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 yeah I don't regret the reading at all and it's something I'd like to pursue in in different angles Mm. so yeah is it not a bit depressing though having like lots of people come after us being like oh my god I didn't get a break for 16 years (laughs) well to be honest most people it's actually been they've 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 taken the spirit of the show and we've had a bit of a laugh about it okay that's good and (laughs) the only one time in Edinburgh last year where one person they told me about something and then they didn't want to talk about it was uh I t- in the show I talk a little bit about Amazon and about their mm. working practices which I'm sure we've all read about yeah didn't someone write a help note on a delivery that's right and put it in <laughs> yeah <laughs> so, which is insane it's not like <laughs> get me out of here <laughs> please get me out of here yeah um so yes that happened in Edinburgh um 
Good. Still yeah. So I was just checking we were recording. Yeah, I'm no. borrowing uh, Mel's recording stuff um, <laughs> because I have a lot of things which I'm very much a stationary recorder. <laughs> and unfortunately, because I've got my foot in a surgical sling. boot, <laughs> yes, yeah, I'm I'm not. I'm very much a stationary recordee. So uh, so we're down around at my house and we're we're doing this on my equipment. So yeah. So this guy, I talk a bit about Amazon, as you say. You know, yeah. they have terrible record. And this guy just said. I used to work for Amazon. I said, oh, tell me about it. And he just refused to talk about yeah. it. And all he would say was, look, I don't work there anymore. I said, okay, yeah. mate, I'm, you know, this is a comedy show. I'm not going to make you uncomfortable. But that's how bad it was. And, yeah. and Amazon had the terrible reputation in Scotland. I don't know if you heard about this. And I wondered if he was part of that. There was, I think it was a few Christmases ago, that the staff, because they were working such long hours, ended up camping outside the Amazon warehouse because they were working long shifts. Camping in Scotland in December. Merry Christmas. (laughs) Merry Christmas from Jeff Bezos, who earns, I read recently, $275 million a day. What? What would he do with that? Do you know, it's beyond comprehension, isn't it? How much can you need? (laughs) Not $275 million a day, that's for sure. I don't know if that's accurate. I read it on a Twitter feed from Bernie Saunders, you know, who yeah. stood for American president. So I think it's probably fairly accurate. Yeah, he's uh, probably looked at the facts. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because he seems to be pretty good at that. He said, he puts out some really interesting and informed tweets, so I yeah. have every reason to believe that. But yeah, $275 million a day. That's like spare change for Jeff Bezos. Yeah. Yeah. But what so. would you do with it if you had that much money? God. If I did, well, obviously half of it would go to the tax man at least. Yeah. Leaving you with a paltry hundred and thirty two and a half million dollars oh. a day. Oh now I'm on the bread line. So what would I do? I'd like to think I'd, I'd give it away. I mean, obviously, I'd do up my house yeah. to, to a spectacular standard. Um, <laughs> my solid gold house. <laughs> exactly. But also, I'd like to think that I would make life comfortable for the people who matter to me. You know, when yeah. you talk about what you do with the lottery money, it's the same thing. People who matter to me. And also, I would give to good causes and I would campaign. And, and actually, working conditions would be one of the things I'd be really, really into campaigning for because work takes up so much of your your life yeah and so many people are miserable at work this is not right this is no. not right it really isn't and I'm sorry that's not very funny but no, it's, no, just, it's, true, though. <laughs> it's just true and in the show I, I you know I, I quote a statistic that says that at any one time 60% of us claim to hate our jobs which is more than half of us and is a staggering statistic. Yeah. But I wonder about the other 40%. And, and yeah. you know, does that mean they love their job? I don't think so. I think there's more of a spectrum. I think a lot of people mm. are just in that, oh, well, you know, it's all I could get. It's all I could do. And that's no yeah. way to live either. So Because no. hate's a strong word, mm-hmm. isn't it? It's like, it's not dislike. It's not indifference. It's like... Uh, like I've, I don't know about you, I've done the job, so it's like, I just, I, I wouldn't mind getting hit by a car. Not because I want to be hurt, but just because I wouldn't have to go in Do today. <laughs> and, you know, and you've sort of been like, your, your road safety's been getting a bit like, you know, because you just don't care. You really don't. Uh, I know. And, and then you wonder about, and I've been through this, where you wonder about, could I get signed off with stress? Yeah. 
but I, you know, and, and people do. And I, you know, I think it's very important to, to do that if you need to. But yeah. I've always been very... But then how do you come back from that? Yeah, because it's the same situation. Exactly. You're just having four weeks off from a horrible situation, which will not have changed in the interim. Oh, God, no. <laughs> you know, you're just getting a bit of a break, which is fine and great. Um, so, yeah, I thought, oh, I'll just get signed off with stress, which I never have, mm. uh, in however bad it got. And then also, you know, some people are in very abusive work situations yeah. where that will just be held against you. And of course, that's illegal. But, you know, the truth is it. And then yeah. you think, well, should I just walk in front of a car yeah. or fall down a stair or stick my arm in the oven or anything that I can go, oh, look, physical injury can't come in. And then at least you get four weeks off in front of the telly. It's hard. It's it's difficult, but yeah, because yeah. most of us work because we have to, we need the money. We yeah. need the money. You know, otherwise we wouldn't do, we wouldn't do do it. Yeah, most of us. I remember I so I knew that I had to get up for work in the morning once, and I had a dream. You know those dreams where you like you get up, you get ready, and you're on the way. So I was walking into work in this dream, and the police stopped me, wrestled me to the ground, uh, and arrested me for attempted murder, because I've been framed for murder. Uh, and in the dream, I got taken to the police station, I got my one phone call, which I used to call work, and be like, I'm really sorry, I can't come in today. I've been framed for murder. And I woke up, and I was so upset that I wasn't in prison. <laughs> <laughs> how sad is that that is actually I've heard a lot of stories in the course of doing my show that pretty much tops the lot of the oh damn I'm not looking at 20 to life here yeah. I'm actually having to go to work yeah <laughs> I would rather have spent time in prison than do a six hour shift and, for these guys and you know the thing is about prison is is you know you can do they've, they've got quite some quite nice jobs you could do yeah they? i've you got know. my degree for free you'd have got your degree <laughs> that's right you could do your degree you could work in the library which is yeah. nice oh i'd love to work in a library Yay. that's my dream job there, there you go i i think you should get the frame for murder thing yeah. off the ground so somehow. once we've finished recording this can you <laughs> Frame me make a murder. discreet call <laughs> the thing is to frame you for murder somebody will have to have died yeah but i mean there's plenty of people getting killed already like they're dead they're gone yeah so we can you... pretend yeah <laughs> that it was me that they didn't die of natural causes in the hospital at the age of 97 as one would have expected yeah it was me it was you <laughs> you bumped them off yeah i think we should Pop down to the local geriatric ward after yeah, this. See, see what can be done. Some, so they won't have died in vain. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what? They had that on their tombstone. <laughs> their legacy was they saved you from the horrors of a horrible job. Yeah. I'm, I'm up for it. In fact, we could yeah. say, hey, there's a business idea. Yeah. We could we could be our own bosses. Yeah, that'd be great. You heard it here, ladies and gentlemen. You heard it here. Bringing <laughs> people from there. <laughs> Want to get away from your job? Call us. Let's get these prisons full <laughs> because because honestly the prisons they're half empty at the moment they there's are. not enough people in them no. so especially the women's prisons and they're not yeah. abusive in any way shape or form no so. and what we could do is we could also help homeless people couldn't we because all of the shelters have been shut so we'll just yeah. get them in prison filter them into the prison system yeah, that would yeah. be great Boom. hey <laughs> do you know what do you know what? The, the wonderful thing about 
meeting and talking with other comedians is you realise what an entrepreneurial, supportive spirit we have. Yeah, because we are our business. We are our own business. (laughs) We are our own brands, as they say in the corporate world. Don't get me started on jargon. corporate world. (laughs) Oh, gosh. No. Sick of it. It's someone's job to come up with that shit. As oh well, my isn't it? god! Don't get me, don't get me started. <laughs> I actually have lists. I haven't got them here, but I have a yeah. list. Of, somebody sent me of the top uh, hated jargon in the in the the working world, and I get people to to guess uh, in my show, and most of the time. People don't guess ones that are on the list, which I say just points to the fact that there is just way too much corporate jargon. You're coming up with stuff that isn't even on this list. Going forward, doesn't make the top ten. Really? Yep. Oh, God. I know. I I watched Sophie Willen's show last night, and she was saying about how, um, she's like, in a job, and she was like, everyone's smiling, but why do I feel like a cunt? Oh, it's because I'm in a disciplinary. (laughs) 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 It's a weird environment, isn't it? It is, yes. <laughs> what was the, the top? Uh, the top, top one, one was, uh, oh, it wasn't Push the Envelope. It was, oh, I can't remember off the top of my head now. What's your top one? My top one. <laughs> well, my, my interesting one that I'd never heard of before until I got this list was Punch the Puppy. Oh God! I know. That's what everybody says when I say, and apparently it comes from across the Atlantic, as of course most of these things do, and it means to do something unpopular for the sake of the company. So it means, you know, such as punching a puppy, which would be a terribly unpopular thing to do, but there might be a reason to do it. Yeah, what? I what <laughs> the reason that would be? But that was a I, that, certainly running up flagpole was in the top ten. Yeah, what does that mean? You know, have you heard that before? No. Oh, somebody has an idea and they're going to try it, and they say, "Oh, let's run it up the flagpole and see if it flies." Oh, uh, okay. Uh, and a, a, another version of that, which I absolutely hate because it it just oh, it's horrible, is let's nail it to the cross and see if anyone follows it. Oh. <laughs> That's a genuine one. Damn. Yeah, these sound very masculine. Uh, don't know. Are, are you feeling that? Are you feeling that these may have come from a, an area of toxic masculinity? Yeah, I'm getting the vibe. You're getting the vibe. Somebody else told me what. Somebody who came to see the show told me one that their boss used to say to them. Uh, again, a gentleman, as yes. you would again. Guys, guys, we're the fuck, not the foreplay. But I like the form. <laughs> you see, yeah. if if women were ruling the world, it would be all foreplay and no fucking, yeah. uh, and everybody would be much happier. Yeah. But that was that was his like motivational thing. Oh my god. Yeah. yeah. Motivation is a terrible. My genuine belief is that a lot of companies and a lot of managers think they're doing the right thing but are so Mm. utterly utterly misguided yeah a lot not all by any means a lot of them are just horrible there's just there's no doubt about it and i read a story in a book i read a book about people who work in call centers and he this guy went undercover in a call center as part of his phd thesis wow (laughs) i know that's academia for you and uh, they had a manager who, in order to motivate herself at the beginning of each day, she would uh, they'd all have a rousing meeting in which she'd sort of shout at them and, and give them that all those kinds of phrases like, come on, you know, we're on a journey here, let's push the envelope, la, la, la. 
that was it. I think the number one was we're on a journey. Oh, I think it's the number one. And then at the end of that meeting, she would play a recording of uh, Kermit the Frog singing the Rainbow Connection, and they all had to join in. Oh, my God. Why? I know. Well, she thought that was motivational. Oh, that would motivate me to quit that Yeah, job. really. I, wouldn't, I couldn't last in that. No. Mercifully for him, he was only doing it for research. So. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah. That's, that's so... That's bad, isn't it? And and you want to believe that she wasn't a bad person, that she just genuinely thought that that was the right thing to do. Yeah. I mean, I've had bosses who are genuinely bad people or genuinely yeah. so damaged people and using that damage, working out that damage on the people who work for them. Yeah. And that is not acceptable. That is not acceptable. We are not your therapy. You no. know, we are not your therapy. I had one boss... Uh, I mean, I mentioned him in the show about how he ate my dinner when we were at a business dinner together and, and he liked the look of my food, so he had someone. So it arrived when I was in the ladies and he just had some off my plate. Very what? odd. Very odd. But he was one of those bosses. He wanted to be both your friend and also wanted you to be frightened of him. Oh, so he would do things like, OK, I'm going to motivate everybody. Right, we're all going to go out for a curry. And nobody liked him. And he kept sending around this message saying, non, non-compulsory non curry night. And the more he said non-compulsory, the more it was clear that if you didn't go, this was a bad thing. Yeah. And he would make us all spend our free time with him. Oh. And it was awful because we none of us liked him. And I remember this curry night. We'd been there for a couple of hours and I just thought, no, I'm going now. I've had yeah. enough. And as soon as I stood up, everybody else stood up to leave. <laughs> it was like oh. nobody wanted to be the first person. But yeah. that was part of his... His thing was he had the power to be able to make us give up our evenings to spend with him because he could. Mm. And then he would look generous by taking us to this local, not very nice Indian, to eat a curry. Yeah. And, and you know, I tried to, we had a management meeting about it where it, when it became clear that he he realised that other people weren't happy. Not just me, because I told him. Um <laughs> But he, he kind of was like, well, what can I do? And I'm, and I was trying to say, well, it's not your job to 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 be, you know, to to worry about our social thing. It's make the working environment a better place to yeah. be. And we came up with lots of ideas for the working environment. Somebody had had an idea that they'd worked with before called Elf, which is oh. early leaving Friday, which means that every Friday you get to leave at four o'clock. Yeah, or nice. you divide the team in half, and every every week half of them goes home at four o'clock, and the next week the other. So every other week you get a very simple thing. It costs the company one hour of people's time, and most people work extra hours anyway. And he was like, "Yeah, yeah, we'll do it." Never did it, Ugh. and it would have been so simple, you know. I don't understand how people can see that, like you know, if you if you do such a little thing like that, or you know, I don't know, making sure that people get to leave the desk. For a break and just have oh here's a free lunch every Thursday or, or just or a cake yeah. or just something yeah. just do just be nice and be pleasant. Do you and know people what? People work for you. It's, then. it's such it's such an important thing. Just just as you say, a little thing of oh it's uh, it's Friday and look at oh, the, the weather's a bit. Should we get some cake? Come on, let's have some cake. Yeah, I'm yeah. gonna. Let's just come on, let's have some cake. It's such a simple thing. It costs you a fiver. Yeah, and and it just makes people feel like yeah we're really appreciated here, um, rather than those ridiculous things like employee of the month. Yeah, 
which you then start pitting people against each other. And this horrible boss I had, he used to do it as well. And, you know, there were only 12 of us in the office, oh. which meant that eventually you're going to have to come round again. Yeah. You know, so it was basically, oh, it's your turn to win it this month. So that, yeah. that, 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 everybody saw that for what it was. Whereas yeah. if every now and again, you know, or on a hot day, popped out and got people magnums or something. It yeah. would, you, you know, those little things that really make a difference. And people don't don't get that because, and in his case, it was definitely the case, because it was all about his ego. Yeah, I think that's the problem, because I was thinking about this on the way here. All of the jobs that I have truly hated have been, and I'm going to say men here, I'm sure that I'm, there are many. <laughs> I'm afraid statistically that's... Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure there's many women who mm. also do this, but they have no power at home. So their work then becomes their castle. And they just take it all out on you and make you feel small because they feel like they're elsewhere. And it's like bullies, like bully victims becoming bullies, isn't it? Absolutely. And and do you know what? You could probably write a little biog of their lives based on that behaviour. That, you know, either their mummy didn't love them or or they were bullied at school for whatever reason. I had a boss a few years ago, a number of years ago now, and a few people, he wasn't gay. And a few people in the office thought he was, and they were very surprised when he got married. He got married before I started working for him. And and he'd been to a public school. And then I started, and he was the most horrible, demeaning man. I'm sorry, man, again. And and all of that knitted together, I thought, well, maybe he got, because kids can be very cruel. Yeah. He got teased for being slightly effeminate at school and they called him gay. No, there's nothing, please, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with being gay. No. But it is used as a taunt, particularly by teenagers. Oh, God, yeah. And, and so he felt clearly uncomfortable with that. He went to public school mm. and that brings its own baggage. So now he turns up in this very prestigious publishing company and now he's got power and my God, did he make people's lives miserable. Yeah. And he played everybody like a fiddle, you know, which, whichever person he could make miserable, whichever buttons he knew he could press. And I don't understand why people don't see that you don't make yourself bigger by making people smaller. I no. don't get that at all. But that's because maybe it's because I'm a woman, maybe it's because we're nice people and we wouldn't do that. Yeah. We wouldn't do that. It's, uh, it is, it's very depressing. The world of work is a terrible, terrible place. I have a yeah. friend who's a, co- a life like a life coach, and she said most of the people that come to see her are miserable because of their jobs, yeah. simple as. And they're wondering about a career change or something. So, But the thing is, as well, like my, my, the conclusion I've come to is that it's not uh, the job itself, it's who you're doing it with, isn't it? So, like, you could be doing the worst job ever, but if you had great banter all day and, you know, you liked who you're working with, then it's fine. You enjoy your job, don't you? Yeah, yeah. You know. You hear that sort of myth... I don't know if it's a myth or it's, you know, like the factory girls having a bit of banter and they all go out in the evening for yeah. bingo and whatever. I mean, I grew up, like you, I grew up in a small northern town and, and you know, factory life was very much part of it when I was growing up in the late 60s into the 70s, even into the 80s. And and you kind of imagine that, that even though these are tedious jobs and they're just, you know, sticking shoes together or whatever. Uh, I like to think that that camaraderie was, was all very much part of it. 
But yeah, the minute you get horrible, toxic people in the environment, the whole thing can change. Your whole working environment can change from one day to the next by the introduction of just one toxic human being. Yeah. Whatever level they're at. But it's even worse if obviously they're the boss. Yeah, and they usually are. And they usually are. (laughs) Toxic people... They will do what they want. They need to rise to the top. And, yeah, and know. that's. I think that's the thing why you never, because if you're a nice person. So I worked in the cafe, and uh, the person who should have been manager, she'd worked there for like twenty years. Lovely woman, knew the place inside out, and they kept bringing awful, awful people in above her, and she should have done it. And if she, if they'd have let her do it. It'd have been fine, but she was too nice to just be like, "I fuck off, it's my job," <laughs> and just take it. Yeah. Whereas all these other people were very happy to just come in and like sweep, you know, nice people out of the way to just have it. And so one guy, right? He came in. Sorry, I know I'm supposed to be interviewing you. No, no, no. This is this is all good because I'm going to write this down for the yeah. show. One guy, he called in sick to work. He was a manager. He called in sick to work. Is I don't know what it was. I think he said he, his car wasn't working and he was ill. And then he came in for his lunch no. with his family, his wife and his kid, uh, to show that, so he could log into the computer to show that he'd been at work that day to, you know, so there's people in an office miles away who wouldn't know. No. Um, so he did that to show that he'd been in the office and then just went home and like, dumped us all in the shit all day and the lovely person she took over and it all went fine but you know it's like that is unbelievable and yet believable yeah (laughs) oh my god how long did he last a surprisingly long time the business got taken over by another business and he was with the original business and they you know got removed that way rather than um, okay. through like so it wasn't anything disciplinary or no. anything <laughs> all right yeah. dickhead i thought you said you were ill it yeah. wasn't that. <laughs> damn damn yeah because they, they can go a long time these bad bosses they can yeah. go a long time without being discovered especially if yeah. they're in a situation like that where their boss isn't in the same building as them yes there's another guy in that job actually who works <laughs> in the office because it's a department store uh, and he um, was quite insistent that he uh, count the money for our department. And it ca- came out years later that he'd been uh, siphoning a little bit of it off. And oh. we'd been getting into trouble for having it uh, missing. Oh. I hope that I'm allowed to say that. I think so. I yeah. mean, he, he got caught. He got arrested at work. I think, so that's, I think, a, I think that's probably a matter of uh, <laughs> public record yeah. somewhere. He or she oh. uh, <laughs> was removed from work. <laughs> Uh, God, the chances of it being a woman? No, I mean, yeah, yeah I mean, I'm not saying that women have, have got totally clean yeah. hands in this. No. But there was a woman who got caught for stealing there. She was a cleaner, and they noticed because all of the clothes that went missing were the same size. <laughs> so they just looked through the staff who was that size. No. Like, was it you? That's a bit daft. It is, yeah. That is a bit daft, really, because yeah. you know, it's going to come back to haunt you at some point. It is, and they were cheap clothes. You so know? there was really no need for it. <laughs> yeah. No. But then she was a minimum wage cleaner, not that I'm yeah. excusing bad behaviour. No, no. So, you know, but, oh dear. But yeah. Play the game. Pl- play the game. Yeah, 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 yeah. Don't steal from where you work. Yeah. You know, play the game. Yeah, well, don't steal. Or just don't steal, yeah, it's probably a better philosophy. I'm sorry, I'm not encouraging <laughs> yeah. stealing in all other contexts. Uh, but I, I, 
I kind of understand. I, I don't understand. I'm not saying I, I condone stealing and things like that, but I can understand sometimes why people who work in in say an office or some environment behave not badly. It's it's what they call reciprocity. It's what you're saying about you know buy us a cake on a Friday or whatever. If you don't treat us well. If you don't treat people well, then they get bitter. Mm. And then they start to do things like nick the post-it notes. Yeah. Because they think, well, look, I didn't, you know, I don't get anything for doing this job. I get no appreciation. So, yeah, I'm going to throw a sickie. Yeah, I'm going to nick the post-it notes. Yeah. yeah, I'm going to send all my Christmas cards franked by the office franking machine. <laughs> because they don't feel they're appreciated. And yeah. so people want to get something out of the job. I'm not condoning it, but I understand why people kind of have a, a level of bitterness that and it's not criminal activity as such it really mm. isn't but it's just it's just a way of sticking two fingers up at a man and going yeah so sod you look this is what i could do i'm i'm writing my cv on your computer in work time not recommended because <laughs> they can look that up although yeah. under new laws newish laws they're not allowed to tell you they're looking at the contents of your computer not allowed to do it without telling you first oh, okay that's good <laughs> they're not allowed to tell no, you no they're allowed to say yes. yeah <laughs> so for example they want to monitor your internet usage because yeah. you might have been on facebook for five of the last eight <laughs> hours they have to tell you they're about to do this or they're going to look retrospectively at whatever yeah. i don't know if you can look retrospectively probably you can yeah <laughs> give you time to shit yourself <laughs> yeah, exactly give you time to hand in your notice yeah basically move on quietly yeah. quietly <laughs> oh dear yes so um i like to talk about historical bad mm. jobs uh because they're not just current people have been doing shit jobs since the dawn of time indeed indeed so i think i've kind of been focusing on victorian period because it seemed like a really awful (laughs) time to just be a person like i i quite like so i went on the jack the ripper tour and i'm like oh my god this is so like gothic and sexy and you're like it would have been the worst time well i don't know i think any time before last hundred years would have been a shit time any time before exists. sewers and, yeah. and general sanitation penicillin yeah, like. yeah. I mean the smell of London 150 yeah. years ago must have been unbearable when just... you're just using horses <laughs> exactly. shit everywhere exactly. exactly and open sewers and oh yeah. just, just gross so um, the first one that I quite like is um what is it? Um, oh no, I've lost it here. Hang on a minute. A, uh, a pure collector. Um, pure? Yeah, can you guess what that one? Oh no, it's is. pure as in... A pure you, finder, sorry. You've purified your body. No. By, uh, uh, Think leather. The preparation of leather. Oh, they use um, dog's urine, don't they? Yeah, they use dog shit. Oh, uh, dog shit? I, don't, yeah. I, I thought it was just urine. Uh, <laughs> I'm learning, I'm yeah. learning. So people would wander the streets of London, or I suppose everywhere really, to collect dog shit, um, to sell to tanners who would smear it onto cow skin, um, which has got to be one of the worst jobs. But one of the reasons I picked this one was because the village that I grew up in has a Facebook group which is full of awful, awful small-town people (laughs) picking other small-town people who are quite innocent apart. And there is a gentleman uh, who will go on there, and uh, he is 
furious at people who don't pick up uh, after their dogs, um, which is a you know that's it's, absolutely fair. Yeah, it's a terrible thing. You it's, shouldn't do it. Yeah, part of owning a dog is cleaning up after it. You can't just have the nice bits. Yeah. But what he will do, uh, he goes, oh, it's absolutely disgusting that this is going on. But he'll take pictures of the dog, random dog shits and then post them onto this Facebook group. And it's like, yeah, it is disgusting. But you know what's more disgusting? <laughs> Taking a camera, <laughs> photographing feces and then posting it onto everyone's newsfeed. <laughs> So he's like a latter-day pure collector, but yeah. without actually collecting the pure, and not for any useful reason. No, just the image of the pure is the what pure. he wants. And that's what it was called. Was it called pure? Yeah, because it was uh, used to sort of purify the leather and uh, make it okay. flexible. So they called it pure. Ah, so. okay. I didn't know they used um, feces as well. I knew they used... Um, urine so this is all, all new to me it's all new to me you might you probably didn't notice on the way in there's a painting in the hallway and that's uh dan my husband's great grandfather it's, it's a self-portrait oh, cool. and his you have a look on the way back yeah. there and his family owned a tannery yeah and when we when we inherited that painting we had to have it very much cleaned and oh. apparently it was because it hung in the tannery Goodness knows uh, what the the picture historic cleaned <laughs> off, that. and it is completely different. That you could barely see anything but his face. Right. You can't see the background at all. It was just jet black, and and apparently it hung in the tannery. Oh man, I know jet black with fecal matter, <laughs> <laughs> with, with antique fecal matter. Excuse me. Anyway, it all got restored off. So yeah, yeah. there's a thought for you. Damn. That's for the name of your next Edinburgh show. What could happen? Jet Black with antique You heard that right here, ladies and gentlemen, the first time. That's next year's Edinburgh show. Yeah. That could also be about shit jobs, couldn't it? It could be about shit jobs because there were people actually using actual shit in. The tannery. My was... job was so bad, I would say that it was jet black. <laughs> With fecal matter. <laughs> yes. Oh, gross, though. Oh. So, yeah, pure collecting. And that's, people talk about collect picking oakum, don't they? And I don't know what oakum is. No. You ever heard of that? I think pris- maybe prisoners did it. Yeah. Was it? Oh, they, 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 or they did it in the workhouse. Yeah. They picked oakum. And I'm not sure what oakum is. Shall we Google what I think oakum we should is? Google whilst whilst seamlessly we carry on this conversation whilst you Google what oakum O A K U M I think it is. Oh A M. Is it H in it like Oldham? No, it's O A K U M, I think. Oak Am is a loan company. We don't know that it's that one. We do not endorse high interest personal loans. Uh, uh, every episode I do seem to have found Spicy Basil, Kilburn High Road uh, I'm trying to get them to sponsor <laughs> us because I mean they are very very good Thai food is it? Uh, oh, okay. it's halal as well oh. open 11 to 11 <laughs> Kilburn High Road Kilburn High Road uh, so they who I want to sponsor us not Oakham <laughs> Oakham the, the, uh, the loan company so if you are listening to this in the north of England get yourself on a train to Houston and get yes. yourself to Spicy Basil oh we'll have to go there one night sometime, yeah between yeah. the Jubilee line Kilburn and uh, Bakerloo line Kilburn Park uh, 
Yeah, so you okay. So I think we've probably I think we've done done more than our bit there for Spicer, yeah. but short of giving them the Twitter feed and their phone number, yeah. I think we've done our bit okay. for Spicy. Basil. I like the number sixty one vegetarian special with tofu. Anyway, Ooh, that sounds lovely. <laughs> it's very nice. But uh, Orkham is loose fibre obtained by untwisting old rope, used especially in caulking wooden ships. Um, oh. So I think it would be oh picking junk and oakum. That oh. sounds uh, junk. I wonder if that's where the um, old ropes. I wonder if the phrase uh, money for old rope comes from there as well. Yeah, oh. maybe. Oh, here we go. Prisoner four o nine nine National Archives. Uh, picking oakum was one of the most common forms of hard labour in Victorian prisons. So they give you old rope and you'd have to untwist it. And oh stuff. my god! Which sounds alright. I bet it gets stuck in yeah, your fingers. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it? actually quite painful, and yeah, yeah. And, and rope it burns anyway. Oh yeah. my goodness! I bet they didn't have any PPE. I bet they. Didn't. I bet. <laughs> They, were, they weren't given gloves, were they? Oh, no, no. There'd be no elf and safety representative <laughs> on <laughs> site. <gasps> My God, these boys. Because they broke boulders as well, didn't they, in prison? Yeah. Um, what did they use the little ones for? Um, what, the little boulders? Yeah. Or the little people? <laughs> <laughs> the little boulders. I don't it's know. It's not like firewood, is it? No, exactly. Where you you know what, what it's going to be used for. Maybe it was dry stone walling or something. Maybe. Yeah. I imagine hard labour would be considerably worse if there was no point to it. Maybe yeah. Maybe that was what... Yeah, that was the whole point of it. And wasn't yeah. there, there was a treadmill as well that they walked on as well. Yeah. Just for, but I think that had a purpose. Yeah. And, and then there was something where they turned the screw. I think maybe that was a treadmill, which apparently is where screw the word screw comes from for prison water. Ah. So they, they did something that, that had... I think it was a treadmill. I don't know. Somebody will write into you and tell me, tell yeah. me I'm talking rubbish. But, <laughs> terrible time to be in prison it was a terrible time to be in prison and yeah generally i think victorian times terrible time to be alive unless you were <laughs> middle class and upwards really yeah. terrible time to be in prison and also to not be in prison and, <laughs> and yes a, a, an age of great innovation and yeah. you know isambard kingdom brunel and all the engineering and discovery and led by this country, which was a very benign country in terms of the way it looked after people of the British Empire, which I'm sure you yeah. know about. We were very, very good to our our, oh, yeah. our colonies. And and that <laughs> goes on to this day. Yeah. That goes on to this day. We're just nice people, generally. Yeah. Well, not you and me, because we're not running anything, no. are we? <laughs> The Commonwealth, by which I mean, I'll have all of the wealth. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you stay common. Uh, yeah. Yes, I know. Dear, dear. So, yes, what else so, have you got in your list of Victorian Other ones. Uh, one of horrors. my favourite ones uh, was a rat catcher, uh, which gives me uh, the thought of, like, um, a child catcher. <laughs> uh, I love that that's a job where you can just earn money. Like, what's your job? I just have a van. <laughs> like, and that's it. That's enough. <laughs> you could be a man and a van. Yeah. yeah. Man and just, van. That, that's one, another one of my dream jobs. I just want to own a van. Okay. That could happen. Um, that, yeah. could, that can happen. It's time yet, isn't it? It's time yet. But you don't know what you'll do with the van. But from what no. you're saying, doesn't matter. No, I've got a van. That will yeah. earn me money. <laughs> yeah, it will. In times of stress and yeah. woe. Get yourself a van. Yeah. yeah. Also, another, another van-related story. My mate rented a van down here, uh, and 
um, boat, I mean, in London, uh, and he said that when he got it, it looked like someone had been locked in the back of it and fought to get out. Oh, my God. Because <laughs> he was worried about smoking in it, and then he was like, actually, you know what, I, I can have a cigarette because somebody has clearly kidnapped <laughs> someone with this van that they've rented. Oh, my God. Uh, so we don't know how the kidnapped person... Oh, well, clearly they got out, so it's Oh, that, it's that's fine. good, that's good. Um, mm. But, yeah, van rentals. If you are going to kidnap someone... <laughs> Rent a van. <laughs> That's what uh, all these people are doing with rents. They're subletting their vans to kidnappers. Yeah. Again, entrepreneurial, being your own boss. You don't yeah. have to work with horrible people. Yeah, or if you want to drive a van into a religious site, uh, be white, rent a van. You've just got mental problems. Exactly, you're a lone wolf with mental problems. Yeah, you're not a, a terrorist at all. No, they won't shoot you. No, it wasn't that wasn't that suspect that they yeah. managed to? The brown people there somehow got shot, but the yeah. white guy he got brought in. He got wrestled <laughs> to the ground. Yeah, but wasn't it because um, was it, you think about Finsbury Park? Yeah, because didn't the imam from the mosque say, "Now come on, guys, just just step back here, please"? And he yeah. he actually helped. Um, he, they surrounded the guy. Yeah, uh, so that you know people because they were all they were going to beat the. Yeah. and who can blame them oh yeah and uh, so so ironically it was the imam from the mosque saying no no come on well, you know yeah. he's our brother we've got to protect him whatever happens uh then facilitated the police coming in and, and making a peaceful arrest yeah and hats off to that guy hats off to that guy because you know most of us would have gone nah yeah. Fill your boots, guys. Fill yeah. your boots. This guy is a nutter and a terrorist and needs to be removed from the gene pool. Yeah. <laughs> but no, the police went in. They made a very, very nice, nice, peaceful arrest of this clearly disturbed gentleman yeah. who is a lone wolf, acting alone with no political motivation whatsoever. No, no. That's nice. Yeah, it's, uh, it's really good to be white. Isn't, isn't it? it? <laughs> yeah. Cheers. This all. We're speaking here yeah. as two white women. Yeah, but, I should you say know, that. Yeah. But, uh, and, and that was meant ironically. Yes, we're not, um, we're, you know, we don't take our privilege for granted. No, do we? I yeah. acknowledge it uh, and I, I hope that it will change. <laughs> yes. And that we can all be privileged. That would be nice, wouldn't it? We'd all be privileged in so many ways, including not having to do shit jobs yeah uh, as phil wang puts it in his show kinabalu the world is divided into two groups of people people who wear jumpers and people who make jumpers i think that pretty much sums up <laughs> yes but don't buy your jumpers from primark <gasps> no. sorry 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 that's the opposite of your spicy basil advert now i've is. just said you shouldn't shop in but that's fair because somebody found a help note sewn into clothes exactly and don't they put like codes on the labels on the washing instruction or something people put like um I you know I hate this job. I earn three dollars a week or something, oh. and it was in the the washing instructions yeah. label. So yeah, don't do Amazon Prime. There's a whole list of places you shouldn't. Yeah, shop. there's um, a lot of places. Uh, I, I know that um, they would get clothes in from abroad and then sew made in England into the clothes. Um, because uh, they were quite a high end market, mm. and they. Um, that was part of the USP, um, and then they could charge more money for them. Yes, and pay the workers an awful lot less than if they were made in England. Yeah. 
that so. is just, oh that makes me so furious yeah, yeah that kind of like, oh no but we sewed the buttons on yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. yeah it's, <laughs> it's been compiled in england yeah, yeah. Yes. well it's not been made here yeah it, like, really go on. Oh, be honest <laughs> oh, fine british workmanship yeah <laughs> do you know what malaysian workmanship can be quite good as well and yeah. bangladeshi and for that very reason they should not be earning two dollars a week or whatever it is they're earning you know yeah. maybe i'm exaggerating maybe it's two dollars a day but still yeah. either way it's not a lot of money it's not a lot of money and you shouldn't i i try to be ethical i'm sure i'm missing out i'm sure my phone and devices are not necessarily ethical uh, i don't use the gig economy at all i won't mm. use uber i don't use deliveroo or hermes I, I, I won't use the gig economy people would say well those things enable people to have jobs but they enable people to have jobs at a very very high price and i think it i think we we can make we can make the change by not using those companies i yeah. think perpetuating it by going oh well you know those people would lose their jobs if we didn't use them is not the point what we're saying is we condone the way that these managers behave so i really steer clear of the gig economy as well the only gig economy i believe in is stand-up comedy yeah yeah because <laughs> we aren't earning any money but we know that and that's yeah. okay yeah. but also i think it's it's very difficult isn't it because if you are buying clothes that say made in england you assume that those people will be getting a fair wage but then um, if it has been made abroad and sent in, then it's difficult. It, it, How do you know? Yeah. How do you know? It's... How do you know? And and things like mobile phones, you know, the mobile phone might have been made, I think a lot of them are made in China, and they may have been paid a decent wage, but there's all kinds of metal things in that is you know that are dug up in the Congo, yeah. and the workers who do this very dangerous job, they don't get paid a decent wage. I mean, I'd be surprised if the the Chinese people who put together the phone earn a, a decent wage. But, you know, there's so much in there. How do you know? How yeah. far does it go? It's, you know, it's it's hard. And, and that might sound like a bit of white privilege. Oh, dear, I've got a mobile phone. Ooh, you know. But it is tough. And But I try to do my bit. And I think if I can yeah. keep away from things like the gig economy and certain online retailers. Yes. If I do occasionally buy something from Amazon because it's the only place I can buy, I will... It would only be from the marketplace, so from a third-party seller, not from Amazon itself. Yeah. I suppose um, if everybody does a little bit, then... Do you know what? To Collectively, we can, we can make a difference, I think. Yeah. And, yeah, collectively, we can make a difference. You know, if, if, as part of my white privilege, I can afford to pay two or three quid more if I need a taxi yeah. and get a minicab, then get an uber then i think that's that's hopefully my, my that's hopefully using my privilege to a good uh advantage and if i can't afford it well you know then maybe i should think about public transport more often you know, yeah I, I don't use taxis very often i do at the moment because um i've got a dodgy foot yeah because i fell off the steps so i've had to use taxis a bit but i've always used a minicab and not um not an uber i, yeah. I don't have an account i don't know how to do it yeah there's also something very special about being in London and holding your hand out and hailing a black cat. Yeah. I lost my mind when I did I've only ever done it once. I've lived here for three years. <laughs> they're very expensive. Because they are very expensive. They are a real treat. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but me and this Brazilian girl that I'd met on the bus got stranded in the middle of uh, town. And it happened that we also went to the same uni uh, and we just 
got a text in. I was like, can I have a go? <laughs> I want to do can it. Can I do the arm yeah. thing? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I'm in Sherlock. Yeah. <laughs> but imagine all those London taxi drivers now whose jobs are jeopardised by Uber. Mm. Now, of course, all the Uber drivers say, well, this is an opportunity for us to have work. But now what's happening is... Uh, a, the Uber drivers are not being treated very well and they've taken the company to court and I'm very pleased about that. But also, London is now awash with taxis. Yeah. Which means that each person individually, you know, their potential earnings is watered down. Yeah. Uh, just because Uber exists doesn't necessarily mean there's more demand for taxis or so much to meet the number of drivers. So the whole economics of it, to me, don't entirely make sense because there's only so many taxis that people need at a single time, in, yeah. even in this great fair city of ours. And also, you have, it's an exam that you have to pass to become a black taxi driver, and it's a, isn't it? it takes ages. Yeah. yeah. You see them going around on their mopeds. Have you seen them? They go around. Have you ever yeah. seen a guy on a moped with a clipboard in front of him yeah. and a map on it? He's studying for the knowledge. They, really? they, they go down the streets in a moped to learn the route. Yeah. And I used to see those guys all the time. You don't see them now. Yeah. Uh, I think fewer people are doing it. But it is. It's a really tough exam. You have to take ages to learn yeah. it. Like, why would you if you could just get a sat-nav on your phone and become an Uber driver instead? Yeah, I mean, what's what happened to regulation and passenger safety and all that? Yeah. Oh, I'm on a soapbox now. Get me uh, off the soapbox. You're rat talking about catchers. rat catchers. <laughs> yes. uh, yeah. I've, Technically, so, we still have rat catchers. Yeah, but, but yeah. I don't think that we... Well, it's it's... I don't think it's allowed that you're allowed to put them into an arena with a terrier because uh, that's what they were caught for. It was uh, gambling. So they catch them alive and then put them uh, like like cockfighting. Uh, okay. But they just put a dog in with all these rats and see how long it took for the dog to kill them all. Um, or the rats to go on the rats to dog. kill the dog. Oh. Um, and they, the, one of the most famous Victorian rat catchers was called Jack Black. Uh, I don't think related to, to the, the films. <laughs> film star and musician. Uh, although I would fucking love it. <laughs> it was him. He's like Doctor Who. Yeah. <laughs> just existed through time. Uh, but he caught them for Queen Victoria. Well, I, like he worked for her. I imagine he, was, he wasn't like <laughs> Queen Victoria was battling rat. I think she just wanted them taken away. Yeah, right. um, but he, um, in, a, in a book... In 1851, uh, he revealed that he used, to ki- used a cage which could store up to a thousand live rats at a time. The rats could be stored like this for days as long as Black fed them. If he forgot, the rats would begin fighting and each- eating each other, ruining his spoils. Oh my god. How big is it? I'm just trying to picture. I mean, he probably didn't give them enough space uh, to no. run around in in terms of health and safety. But they weren't free range rats. Free range rats. Even so, a thousand. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm getting all goosebumpy just thinking about a thousand rats in one place. Yeah, you know, because I used to have pet rats, right? And they are fucking clever. Really? Like, if you do not stimulate them all the time with like stuff, they'll just. Uh get a bit you know like but they, you had the little white rats presumably yeah they were pet yeah. rats they yeah. were just oh. like get sewer rats <laughs> come on so like one day because I'd not uh, given them enough stuff to play with they just got out of the cage and were like well we'll find our own then and it was like 
yeah, they're they're incredibly clever and intelligent and very good pets. But you, it's like a dog, mm-hmm. but it'd be like having a husky, but it's tiny. <laughs> um, you know, but like a husky will tear your house to pieces if you leave it at home all day on its own. Really? Uh, one, because it's bored. Yeah, so it is. It, you know, it's just the same oh thing. Oh my god. Uh, very, very intelligent. Sorry, I'm still goose yeah. bumpy from the rats. Oh, because I hate rodents. Yeah. Yeah. But I we were talking about old jobs. I, I mentioned to you earlier about this thing called the Sin Eater, oh, okay. which was a job, and, and apparently mainly in Wales. Yeah. We're not going to judge. No, We're not, not. going to judge. And it was when somebody died, uh, somebody, that somebody had to eat their sins so that they could go to heaven. Now they, and they sort of crouched over the body and they ate bread. And I think it was dipped in something. And this was symbolic of eating their sins. Yeah. But you had to kind of be there with the corpse. And that was your job, to be a sin eater. And I just, I can't imagine anything more revolt possibly yeah. rat catching but that's just revolting <laughs> using a, a corpse as your dinner plate basically that's what you were doing you you kind of sat over the corpse and, and ate their sins via the medium of bread is that so they could go to heaven yeah basically? exactly but yeah that feels weird doesn't it it feels very very weird it's ooh, although ooh. when you told me that at first i assumed that it would be like eating a part of them. No, thank God. Well, maybe it started as that. Maybe it actually started as that, and then yeah. it evolved into. Because don't forget, I mean, if you're a Catholic, you know, when you eat, mm. uh, have communion, they say this is the body of Christ. So that's fairly grim. Yeah. So somehow, I wonder if there's a connection with bread and the body of Christ. I don't. Mm, possibly. Possibly, but not a very nice thing to have to do. But no. you know, people back then, the sin eaters, the rat catchers. They're all just, just making a living, innit? They are. Just making a living. And the thing is, right, I reckon if you paid me £15 an hour, I would eat off a dead body. Would you? Yeah. F- for 15 15 an hour, yeah. 15 But it's more than minimum wage. It is, yeah, because yeah. London living wage is 10 20 innit? Okay, so you're looking at almost 50% ahead of the London living wage. For, yeah. for that, you would eat off a dead body. Yeah, totally. Depends how long they've been dead, doesn't it? But I'm assuming that, like, it would be soon because like you don't wait too long to... no 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 i mean if it's pre-funeral so it yeah. would be in the, the first few days i probably wouldn't dig one up to oh, eat no no well there wouldn't be an awful lot there to eat off of no really. but it would smell it would smell horrible do you know talking of horrible jobs one of my friends her job is she sort of inspects morgues oh god i know <sighs> well I mean, it's going to be clean, right? Yeah, but, yeah. you know, you don't, do you? She's seen things yeah. that you and I would never, ever want to see. Oh, no, like what? Well, also, because sometimes, uh, you know, when they do post- post-mortems, they remove organs and things, mm. and, you know, they have organs in fridges, and, yeah. you know, and sometimes they put the wrong organs back in the wrong body. Really? Yeah. Damn. I know. And and sometimes if they've taken out your organs, instead they don't put them back where they were. They just kind of just shove them back in. Yeah, I suppose you don't. You don't. Them. It's not like you need your lungs for breathing with at that point. Yeah. yeah. The idea is just get a Tesco bag and just <laughs> open you. Yeah. I'm sure they don't use Tesco bags before anybody writes in. Yeah, they uh, can use any supermarket. Any, any sort of other supermarkets yeah. are available. Could be Fortnum and Mason. I don't yeah. know. And um, yeah. 
those kind of grim jobs that for me that would be the worst kind of thing to do to be to deal with people at the worst point so either through death or illness I could never be a doctor or anything no. like that and and you know you know my husband Dan he's he's a solicitor and over his career he's worked with a lot of people who bereaved people whose sons daughters husbands wives whatever have died in prison or in police custody and mm. you know and he's had photographs of stuff and he's had to do that I don't know how anybody does that to deal with those kind of really low ebb things. Yeah. And when I think about stuff like that, I think, okay, a horrible boss working in the publishing industry, just just get a grip. Yeah. Know? Just get <laughs> in grip, you know. But but you know, that's that's not to dismiss the feelings that people have who are in horrible jobs that aren't, you know, those kind of stressful jobs. And it's well known that NHS doctors kind of burn themselves out and things. Yeah. Because you know, they you know they work so hard to keep people alive they see they see death every day and then they get absolutely burnt out by it so yeah I, and they're not even re- rewarded well no and her. they're treated badly and the government and so yeah I, you know i get that in the grand scheme of things you know working a nice thing like the publishing industry with horrible bosses isn't so bad but still anything that affects your mental health is yep. a bad thing you yes. and it is and then it comes back to what we were saying before about you know people and if you're a rat catcher i could see that could get quite depressing after a while yeah especially because if they bite you yeah um, i mean that can make you seriously seriously ill yeah know? and back then i mean back in victorian times they didn't die they didn't have penicillin as you pointed out so yeah that's that's pretty depressing but you know you could be a road sweeper and and really enjoy your job and and because because you're doing a great thing you're keeping things clean for everybody yeah and that can be a really good job but it can be a horrible job because your boss is horrible yeah Um, equally you could think actually this road sweeping is a horrible job because it's really hard work so much depends on so many other factors but a lot of it is to do with bosses and how they treat us and how they make us feel and you know talk about the doctors but obviously the bosses that's that's bloody government because they're underfunding the nhs but let's not get political no i think yeah it's um look after yourself pick something that is you can tolerate yeah and make sure you're around nice people make sure you're around nice people which you can never guarantee no because there will be horrible people yeah they might not be there when you arrive they might come after you yeah and you're already there thinking "Mm, not so keen now yeah really enjoying it up to yesterday Mm. not having a good time now try and not let them get you you try not and get you down yeah and address it and that's really hard especially if it's your boss yeah and they're a bully oh my god that's horrible because you know, in my experience, HR, HR departments, and a lot of companies don't have HR departments, but at the mm. end of the day, an HR department, their job is to take care of the company's interest. And it might be that taking care of the company's interest is sweeping you under the carpet, not the boss, you know, yeah. just a nice little... And, you know, it happens. It's never happened to me, but I know that it does happen to people that, you know, they make the complaint and then slowly, slowly, suddenly, oh. I've been made redundant or something. (laughs) What Uh, what happened there? And it was, you know, that's not Mm. fair, but life's not fair. No. Life's not fair. I think we should bring bring the level, I think we should bring the humour up a bit. Yes. Because I think we're uh, almost at the end now. We're almost at time. Uh, So what was, 
what what job did you want to do as a kid and did you get there oh no and then that's um I had various ideas to be uh, of a job as a child my first thing I remember I wanted to be a teacher I definitely wanted to be a school teacher but that was because that was the only posh job I'd ever seen yeah you know because I think that's if you don't come from because my father worked in a factory, my mother didn't work because it was the 60s yeah. and 70s and 80s. And, and so the first middle class, nice, posh, educated job I'd ever come across was school teacher because you saw them every day. And I thought, oh, I fancy a bit of this. So this it, was, <laughs> it was more aspirational. But actually, it was one of my primary school teachers said to me, I don't think you'll enjoy being a teacher. I don't think it's interesting enough for you. And that was, you know, that was extremely perceptive of her. Not that I went on to do anything spectacularly <laughs> interesting. So that's what I wanted to do. And then I wanted to write, but I'm vastly self-critical. So <laughs> that never happened. And, and then I tried comedy. And then I'm, because I'm vastly self-critical, I gave that up in 1990. And then just carried on doing a proper job in publishing, which, I, you know, at the time... You know, I'm not knocking it because I, I travelled all over the world and I've had a nice time. You met the Grumpy Cat. I met Grumpy Cat. Yes, yeah. you remember that. I met Grumpy Cat. I mean, right, come on. Yeah. That isn't the pinnacle of your life, really. Worth it, isn't it? Yeah, it was worth it. I met Grumpy Cat in New York, don't forget. Oh so, God. you know, on a you know on a business trip to New York that <laughs> I didn't pay for. So ticking lots of boxes. What I realised very late on was that I, if I could have done anything, and, and I probably was sort of in my 30s by the time, if I could have done anything, and I think I knew it but never articulated it, I would have loved to be a radio presenter. Yeah. I could have seen myself on Radio 4. Yeah. Uh, maybe not even Radio 4. Radio 2, that's fine, as long as I can choose my music. Yeah. Classic <laughs> FM. Classic <laughs> FM. I'll do <laughs> I would love to be, and I'd still love to be a radio presenter now, because yeah. I do a still podcast could. too. I still yeah. could. It's not, it's not beyond the realms of possibility. So now I'm back in comedy, and as I said to you earlier, you know, that could take me in all, to all kinds of places. And, and yeah, perhaps doing radio work might be some of it at some point. Yeah, but be it's because, you know what, and, and this is, is something I must, you know, I can't emphasise enough to anybody. I do this, you know, I'm a terrible self-sabotager. If I want it, I <laughs> won't do it. I'll tell myself why not to do it. And the reason I never did jobs I really wanted to do was because I really wanted to do them. Yeah. So I ended up working in publishing, which was quite nice, but not what I wanted to do, really. Yeah. If I'm honest. Um, and I still work three days a week in publishing. And it's nice. I'm in a place now where I feel like I'm doing it. I'm doing a job that's nice in a nice environment that I'm doing because I'm in control of it. And I yeah. only work three days a week. So it means I can still do other things as well. But don't, don't, I would say to any young people, Catherine's age, for example, <laughs> don't sabotage your life by going, I can't do that. That's not for me. They won't have me. And that's exactly what I did to myself. Who's going to give me a job as a radio presenter? Well, you know, what did you do in order to do it? Well, nothing. Because not doing it means it could always have been a possibility. Doing yeah. it and failing now rules it out as a possibility. Yeah. Don't do that. Do it and fail if you have to. Move on to the and next then move thing. on to the next thing yeah. then at least you've got I'm going to use that word closure yeah. uh, <laughs> but probably not if you want it badly enough and you yeah. you know you think you can do it you probably can yeah so so that's yeah. my little advice yeah. so yeah I wanted to be a radio presenter and I still do Jenny yeah. Murray if you're listening and thinking of retiring <laughs> <laughs> I'm available <laughs> <laughs> I'd always like to finish this is there anything that you'd like to plug 
we bear in mind that I don't know what date it's going to be going out yet. That's fine. So be less specific about like next week. I'll be. <laughs> but I, I know you're doing Edinburgh. You've got your podcast. Yes. Know. Well, I've got, I've got loads of things on at the moment, and uh, I'm doing a podcast called Old Movies Saved My Life, and I hope you're going to be on it one day. Yeah. And I will. it ties in. Thank you. It ties in with my show, which will be coming to Edinburgh from the third to the twenty fifth of August this year. This year being two thousand and eighteen, because I genuinely don't know how long it will take <laughs> Catherine to edit this. Hopefully not that long. <laughs> And it's called Old Movies Save My Life and it's about my love of old movies and growing up in a small hick town and learning about life from watching old movies. What time and where? It's at the Jury's Inn in Edinburgh at uh, ten past five every day, except the 12th of August. We're not on on the 12th of August. We're having an enforced day off. (laughs) And then Karashi, my first show, is coming back to Edinburgh and that's on patchily over... It's on ten days across the, the, the fringe at the Free Sisters at 12.15, noon 15. And that's on 10 days, I think Thursday, Fridays and Mondays of every week at Edinburgh. And, you know, I'm adding stuff to that all the time. So, so yeah, that's what I'm on. Uh, that's what I'm doing at the moment. And then after Edinburgh, I, want, I hope those shows will have longer lives thereafter. Yeah, because Crushy, like I saw it at Edinburgh last you did. year. And it is, it is a very good show. It's, um, I think it's very relatable. That's what I was aiming for. Yeah, yes. it speaks to people. It's it's interesting. I love I love a funny show where I learn something, and that is absolutely what it is for an hour. It's got Thank PowerPoint. You. It's got it's, PowerPoint. It's, but yeah, it is. It's, it's like just, a meeting, yeah. but with nice people and funny <laughs> and jokes. Yeah, yeah. And it's funny. But yeah, I I would highly recommend that one, and I'm sure that your other show is also. Thank you. Um, Haven't you seen the other show yet? I've, I've seen a preview. Oh, you saw of it, work in progress, and it was, yeah. you know, it was good. But I'm going to come yeah. and see. Oh, thank you very much. Yes, it's not it. quite finished. It's nearly there. It's nearly there. Thank you. Well, thank you, yeah. and thank you for having me. It's, I, you know, it, when it comes to talking about work, I'm always happy to talk, 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 talk. So you yeah. might want to cut a lot of this out. No, no, no it's <laughs> good. We've we've hit an hour. Thank so we're you very good. much. Yeah. We're good to go. Thank you, and goodbye. <laughs>